Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. What is going on, everybody? Tim and John are back again on Dropping the Gloves with John, Scott, and Tim. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate all the support. I think during this pandemic, we're all feeling a little lonely, a little isolated. So it's always nice to jump on the airwaves and you know talk to the fans, talk to the listeners. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really good. I really appreciate all the listens, all the, the likes. I don't even know how they like podcasts these days. But yes, really appreciate it. Um, we're keeping this going. We're doing well. I hope you enjoy the content. We got a lot of positive feedback over the last episode, Tim. A lot of positive feedback. That stuff's really important to me. I think, I think it is. Well, if, if we throw up an episode and everyone hates it, I think we have to switch it up. But I feel like we keep this ball rolling. The head-to-head was a huge hit. We got a lot of action on Twitter. Fans were really into it. Anytime you make make a stand like that, you're going to get some reaction out of people that just have to disagree or just tell you that they agree. They, everyone wants to have everyone has an opinion, right? Passionate fans, Burnaby Joe and Steve Eiserman. It was a very, very heated debate. Very yeah. heated. It's a good thing we did this over over video because we've been throwing bows if we were in the same room. I felt bad for you. I would have hurt your shoulder. Your poor, how is that shoulder doing, by the way? <laughs> it's like mostly fine, except I couldn't like play a game of catch right now. Really. Yeah, like I could, it doesn't affect me anymore. I, never, I forget about it. But if I, you know, try to throw a football, I would just collapse. What is your deal? What is your body? I, I think the I opposite of Wolverine. I think you I do tore not something. heal. Really? I thought you wouldn't have like an MRI done on it. No, he said right before the holidays, he said, um, take a few weeks. If it doesn't get better, like in, in January, come back for an MRI. So I was going to, but then the pandemic happened. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to go, go okay, do this now. In January? Or in February, yeah. I mean, it was like, February, yeah. February? March? Whenever I was kind of getting ready to the idea of like, you know what? I'm going to have to do this. And then the shutdown happens. April, May. Okay, wow. We're, it's, it's almost June. Yeah. Yeah. And this happened in October. Yowzer. That's not good. That's that actually might be a blessing because I've seen you throw and it is quite embarrassing. So if there's one actually, thing, if there's one athletic ability I have, it's that I have a cannon for an arm. Oh my goodness. Your only asset is down the drain now. <laughs> What's left? There's nothing left athletically. Uh, I could beat oh. you in soccer, probably. Soccer's not a sport, okay. it's like a hobby. Let's kick a ball around. It'll be super fun. Okay. So tell me this. How can you not throw a ball, but you, we were talking earlier about your push-up challenge that you just did. Yeah. Yeah. So tell, tell the listeners about this little challenge you did. I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you asked, 
um, I made just like a little self quarantine challenge where I did 2000 pushups over the course of a few weeks. And I started small and worked up to like the last day I did 180 pushups. Um, and I was just doing them like throughout the day. So it wasn't like this one, like quick workout. It was just 20 at a time throughout the day, uh, between meetings and stuff in my, in my apartment. And the first like couple, I would say first couple of days, it was sore. I was kind of worried, like, am I going to be able to do this because of the shoulder thing, but ended up being fine. So no big worry. Did you feel all swole afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. Did you walk uh, around, walk around your apartments and like just flex (laughs) in the mirror? Walking by the mirror, the window, hoping someone walks by and notices me just swell. Anything? Any takers? No, no, not much. Do you ever hear me driving by your house sometimes honking my horn? There's, there's always stuff going on outside. Every we, need, we need like a secret password, like a, like a sound that I know it's you. A little toot. Uh, oh, that's John. Doot, 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 doot. Hey, it's John. I just always um, toot my horn whenever I pass by your place. I guess you've never really, uh, never really noticed. But anyways. All right. So moving on. So we got, like I said, we got such, such a positive response from last week's episode. We're going to do it again. This time we're going to, we're going to transition from the forwards. We're going to move to the back end. Again, we're, we're sticking with this Olympic team. This 2002 Olympic team, I think is, is our wheelhouse right now. So we're going to do two defensemen who were teammates at a time, but that's right. That is right. So we're going to do Scott Niedermeyer and Chris Pronger. I'm taking Scott Niedermeyer because I loathe Chris Pronger. Loathe him. Why? Um, I just think he's a bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> I remember when I was in um, Arizona, he was the Department of Player Safety, and he came and met with me, and he pulled, pulled me aside with Steve Downey, and he basically just warned us and said, we're not going to have any shenanigans this year now that I'm in control, now that I'm a sheriff, and he just gave us like a warning before the season, like, hey, I'm going to be watching you guys all year, and me and Downey were like, what are you talking about? Like, get out of here, Pronger, like, beat it. And your stupid haircut glasses <laughs> wow so, yeah what did you say in that moment we didn't say anything we we're like all right sounds good like thanks for the heads up yeah like like no no one ever does that there's i think that's illegal by the way you can't just like tell someone they're they're being watched like i think that's actually illegal if there was if there's a law but i guess the nhl doesn't pertain to civil laws but you can't just say I'm going to be watching you. And then if I do something even halfway on the fence, they just chuck a suspension at me. So yeah, that that was a little bit strange when we had that sit down with him. He came right to Arizona and and talked to us about that. No way. That was an in-person meeting. Not, not a conference call. Was it like planned? Like, do you know, like a week ahead of time that you had this meeting day before, I think they told us he wants to meet with you. That's so funny. It was very strange. You know what that reminds me of? Like this quick college story was uh, in my sophomore year, we lived in a dorm that had uh, a bunch of quads. So there's a common room and then two bedrooms off it uh, where they each have like they each sleep too. And ours was just by bad luck right across from the RA or the RD, the resident director of like the whole, that whole area of the campus. He's like this retired guy who lived in this apartment in the building. He's like probably in his late thirties. 
And we have like the me and my roommates, like the four nicest kids in like the most well-behaved like students in the entire campus. But because we lived right across from him, he heard every noise we made. So we're playing like we're playing chow on Xbox. We're, you know, whatever. Uh, Hold on. Did you just say we're playing chow on Xbox? Yeah. You don't don't know that chow? Chow? Yuck. Philadelphia? Honey Nut Chelios? I'm going to leave. Um, we found out. So like we're the four nicest kids on campus, but we, he heard every noise we made. So we thought we were like, just, just hooligans. We found out that we were on his list of like, if you, when RAs are doing sweeps of the building, like there were like one of three rooms to look at was, was ours because we were just such just bad people. According to him. I'm like, I'm like, come over. We're, we're eating pretzels and playing Xbox. Like this is, there's nothing, there's nothing bad going on here. Come hang out with us. There's no but, girls in there. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> all right. Let's let's get into this. You want me to start with this one? Since the epic beatdown I laid on you last week, so yeah, you start. Let's let's okay. hear about this. Sean Pronger, Chris Pronger, Scott Niedermeyer. Oh, it's I'm actually, Chris. I thought it was Sean Pronger and Rob Niedermeyer. Uh stop it. I'm I'm fired <laughs> up for this one. I, I feel very passionately about this one. So I think it's fascinating because one again, like like Eiserman and Sackick, their careers kind of mirrored each other they overlap for most of it from the, they're from the same era they were teammates in 07 uh well a couple of years but 07 they had that cup run with the ducks and they won i mean good luck playing against you know trying to score a goal with pronger and niedermeyer on the ice like how do you they probably didn't let up any goals in that run um but what's interesting to me is just how different they are as as humans as players i mean pronger is like obviously a great skater but he's He's size and he's power and he's and he's got a hard shot and he's got the the, the physicality and, and the you know Niedermeyer's he's smaller he's slender he's sleek he's fast he's quick he's doesn't get tired just raw athleticism you know the stories of, of Niedermeyer just like playing whole game playing thirty plus minutes a night without breaking a sweat it just came so naturally to him um, I don't I don't think Pronger had that that same raw athleticism or ability but he made up for it with the way that he played the game so I think. As far as physicality, you you progress in a whole other tier. I mean, he dominated the game physically for 15 years, and he was, I mean, just just one of the best to ever do it. From in that sense, he has twice as many Norris nominations. Um, they both won one, but Pronger had 11 nominations, and including like five where he came in the top three. And Niedermeyer only had six. Um, six All Star games for Pronger compared to five for Niedermeyer, and. Niedermeyer has more points overall over the course of his career, but Pronger again actually had a higher points per game um, in his career. Just just looking at like how much weight do you put into longevity versus performance while you're on the ice. So Pronger for me um, is is clearly the better player, and I would argue he's probably even in a different tier as an all around defenseman than what Niedermeyer did. There is no shortage of action going on in our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back. Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge. 
March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all of the action. Go to BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Yeah, they they are different defensemen. And what surprised me about this comparison, I thought coming into this, Niedermeyer was going to have way more points. And you were going to bank on Pronger's physicality and just how he controlled a game. He put up a lot of points, Chris Pronger. Like he was no slouch in the points department, especially in the playoffs. I, th- I thought I would have you in the playoffs. Pronger's got more points than Niedermeyer does in the playoffs. Like by by a lot. And they played similar amounts of games. So I was, I was a little thrown off by that. But if I'm going to pick a team and I'm going to pick a player out of these two guys to be on my team, I'm taking Scott Niedermeyer. I think if you're just looking strictly to anchor your back end, you want a guy who is calming. You want a guy who can log some minutes. And I know they both logged minutes. Pronger and him both averaged over 25 minutes a game during their career. I just feel like when you look at Scott Niedermeyer, you look at the way he plays the game, he's very, and I I know this is a weird thing to say, he's not very noticeable. He just glides. It's effortless, like you said. He just, the game comes to him. He doesn't go to the game. He knows where the puck is going. He's almost, he plays it in a cerebral type manner. And if you've never seen this guy play, I played against him. He is, he's so slippery. It's, it's just strange. You go to hit him. And he just absorbs it and he's gone. He reminds me of Eric and Car- Eric Carlson. Carlson's a little bit more explosive, but he reminds me of that where he just knows what you're going to do. He's like, okay, you're going to hit me. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use your inertia and I'm gone. He just knows how to play the game. It almost looks like he's bored out there, which is very frustrating as a, as a guy going against him where it's like, this guy's not even breaking a sweat. It doesn't even look like he wants to be here. And then you look at the stat sheet. He's got 27 minutes. He's plus two and he's got an assist. So in that regard, I know the stats are very similar, much like Eisman and Sackick were last week. What it comes down to is, who do I want on my team? And I want Scott Niedermeyer anchoring my team. He anchored the Anaheim Ducks for years and years and years. He played 18 seasons in the NHL. Like Tim said, they both won their, you know, their Norris. They both won accolades. They both won gold medals. They're both named one of the 100 greatest players in the NHL. They're very, very similar players. Niedermeyer has more cups. Anchor the New Jersey Devils. He pretty much put Scott Stevens on the map because he let Scott Stevens run free. He said, Scott, you go ahead and try to bury everybody, and I'll, I'll hang back, and I'll just control everything. You can be a wild animal, and I'll play defense. And that's why Scott Stevens was so lethal on the ice, because he had the cushion of Scott Niedermeyer behind him. Plus, Rafalski was a big part of that, too. Don't forget. Can you stop bringing up Rafalski every <laughs> argument? Unbelievable. Even No, Rafalski was there, but he wasn't a pairing with Stevens. It was Stevens and Niedermeyer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry, but, you want to uh, wrap up? Well, well I, yeah, I was just going to say, 
you always go this point per game route and I, and I get what you're getting at, but Niedermeyer does have more points. He played in 1200 some games. He's got 700 points. He's a plus 167. That's to me, incredible. Though, to me, I think you could make an argument that Pronger is a top 10 defenseman of all time. When you consider the point production, the size, the grit, the intelligence, the leadership, the way he commanded the game, like, the stories of him, like he's traded to a team and immediately he's like in charge of that team. Um, when you consider all those things, you can make an argument he's top 10. I don't think you can do the same for Niedermeyer. I think they have different personalities. I don't, I don't think Niedermeyer ever was one of those guys who was barking at people and needed the attention and was that type of player. I feel like he led by example and he just told guys to follow him. Whereas Pronger goes in and he has more, more of a bigger personality. So I, I do feel, yeah, I don't think you could say Pronger is a top 10 defenseman ever. I, I do think you probably could say Niedermeyer was. I think Niedermeyer changed the game and pushed it into a direction that it was heading, but he almost made it happen at a, a faster pace. GMs back in the day, in the 80s and the 90s, they wanted the big bruising defenseman back there. So Pronger fit, the, fit that bill perfectly. They loved having guys back there to beat guys up. When Niedermeyer played the game, it wasn't like it is now. So he played a position that was more suited for this type of game that's currently being played rather than the 80s and the 90s in the 2000s. So he was kind of ahead of his time, you could say. I think he was. I, I think you could say that. But to me, the final, the final bomb I'm going to drop here Ooh. is that Pronger won the first Hart Trophy for MVP of the league as a defenseman, the first defenseman to win it since Bobby Orr. Think about that. Like that, whoa. That's, yeah. That is not something – I mean, no one's done it since, I don't think. Has anyone done it in the last 15 years besides Pronger? I don't think so. Maybe, I, yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone has – He Pronger was an impactful player. He really did. When he was on his game, he controlled the whole game. Like the physical route, putting points up, just jumping up in the rush – I'm not going to argue. He was, he was an unbelievable defenseman. But like I said at the beginning of this podcast, if I'm going to pick a defenseman to start my franchise, I'm going to take Scott Niedermeyer. I feel like he brings more to the team. He is going to be a calming influence. He's going to be on the power play. He's going to be on the penalty kill. And he's going to log those big minutes. And he's just that guy who I want leading my team. Not some hothead pronger who's running around the ice yapping at everybody. And he's kind of uncontrollable. So Take it for what it's worth. I think this is a really interesting kind of comparison. They're two different players. It's a 6-6 bruiser versus a 6-1 puck mover who has the puck on his stick all the time. So, I don't know. It's it's a very, very good comparison. And I don't know how this one's going to go. Obviously, last week, I knew Eisman was going to win. And that was obvious. It was a train wreck for you, Burnaby Joe. Unbelievable. So, this one's a toss-up. I don't know how this one's going to land. I think the fans will see after listening to this episode that it's not always like I say about how tall you are. Don't listen to what I say about the previous episodes about being tall is good. This, in, this, <laughs> in this episode, it's better to be short. Forget everything you know about height. Yeah, this, not, not in this episode. Height does not matter. Scott Niedermeyer for president. I love it. Any last closing arguments? That that last bomb was big, though. The Hart Trophy. That was a big bomb. I, I guess just uh, I don't really. I'm just looking quickly at the stats of the, over the course of their career. And and Niedermeyer wasn't an elite points defenseman, really, until the end of his career. I mean, in from 
from entering the league in 92 until 2003, so the first 10 years of his career, he only had 50-plus points once. And then in the last five years, he's got 54, 63, 69, 59. So that's like what people remember is that kind of elite point production at the end of his career plus the cup in 07. But Pronger was doing that every year for his career. You have to remember the system he was playing in and the coach he was playing for. He was in the New Jersey Devil system. He was playing under Jacques Lemaire. They were a defense first team, a defense second team, and a defense third team. They weren't allowed to jump into the rush. There was no pinching. They were a let's get a one nothing lead and then pull it back and set up the trap. So he wasn't allowed to use his full skill set, and he still was a successful defenseman, even in that kind of system, which makes him even more impressive when you think about it. If he's still putting up 50 points in that type of system, that's a heck of a good player because he wasn't even allowed to pass the red line. Like the defenseman had to get the puck, dump it in, and go change. Like it was a very, very, very restricted offense. So I think that's another tip, tip in his cap, a little feather in his cap, so to speak. So anyways, let me know what you think. I love the, the feedback from the Eiserman Sackick one we did last week. I enjoy doing these, Tim. They're fun. I don't, I don't know why you would. You, you're a glutton <laughs> for punishment. You love it. You love just getting beat. It is Someone just it is. needs to, to put you in your place from time to time. You, just, you get too comfortable. You get too overconfident in whatever you're saying. And I keep proving you like, actually, John, that's not true. Actually, it, John, that's not, that's not the case. When that day comes, that'll be interesting. That'll <laughs> be very interesting. Yeah. But it ain't today, Timmy boy. It ain't today. So anyways, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. We really, really appreciate all the support. Like I said at the top of the show, um, I hope you're enjoying the content. I hope everyone's doing good. Get out, enjoy, hit the water, go swimming, do whatever you love to do. Don't worry about this stinking virus. It'll be fine. So we'll see you guys next week and uh, cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts hats hoodies and so much more and please please leave a review on apple Podcasts. it's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love thanks and see you next time